Welcome to the AV Forums podcast, presented by Jason Bradbury. Welcome to the first AV Forums podcast with me, Jason Bradbury. Coming up, we've got the latest DVD and gaming news and reviews, plus a report from last weekend's Bristol Sound and Vision show. But first, some exclusive news from the Far East. This week's audiovisual news. Sony only tends to fly journalists out to Japan when it feels it's got something particularly important to say. And as our roving reporter John Archer discovered, this time was no different. For starters, no less than three separate ranges of new Sony Bravia LCD TVs were unveiled, employing a trio of key new technologies. The entry-level S-Series got the ball rolling, coming in four sizes from 26 inches through to 46 inches and boasting a new feature called the Super Patterned Vertical Alignment System. By splitting the standard LCD pixel into four differently titled subsections, Sony reckons this SPVA technology increases the realistic viewing angle for LCD TVs to a massive 178 degrees without compromising colours, as well as dramatically upping the screen's contrast performance. The S-Series TVs also host Sony's new Bravia Engine Picture Processing System. Unlike the previous Vega engine system, which was developed as a crossover from CRT flat panel technology, the Bravia engine has been designed 100% for LCD TVs. So what does it do? Well, it's described by the Sony marketeers as a sophisticated digital studio carrying out multiple real-time processing operations that dramatically improve the quality of the picture before it even reaches the screen. Yes, well, put less glamorously, it applies complex noise reduction techniques, enhances low-contrast images to make them crisp and believable, and processes blues, greens and whites within each frame to increase colour accuracy and richness. So, now you know. The S-Series TVs should be hitting our stores by around mid-April. A step up from the S-Series are the V-Series screens. These, which come in 32, 40-inch and 46-inch flavours, also use the Bravia engine and SPVA, but add in another brand new technology called Sony Live Colour Creation. By combining a new backlight that uses improved light-emitting phosphors with enhanced RGB filters within the LCD itself, Live Colour Creation claims to deliver a much wider colour spectrum than normal LCD technology. And from what we saw at the Japan demos, it works a treat. The V-Series sets should hit our shores towards the end of April. Top of the new Sony LCD TV tree are its X-Series models. These high-end bad boys include all the new technologies we've already mentioned, as well as delivering full native 1920x1080 resolution and accepting pure 1080p signals. They also use a special version of the Bravia engine, dubbed Bravia Engine EX, that's specifically optimised for the 1080 panel. Oh, and for the budding fashionistas among you, X-Series TVs can also be bought in a selection of different colours. Only one 46-inch model was on show in Japan, but a 40-inch version is also likely. Look out for the X-Series appearing from June. The biggest news and DVD reviews every week. You're listening to the AV Forums podcast. As if this wasn't innovation enough for one year, Sony also used the Japan trip to unveil two new Bravia rear projection TVs using the company's acclaimed SXRD technology. 
The two models weigh in at 55 inches and 70 inches. And from what we can tell from the Sony demonstrations, they're likely to comfortably outperform DLP rivals once they launch in September. Last but not least among the Sony Japanese press junket highlights was the Esprit TAV-L1, a Bang & Awesome-style TV that can only be described as something for the ladies. When not watching TV, the L1's 32-inch LCD screen is hidden by a set of felt-covered stereo speakers that can be used for playing music discs or radio stations from a built-in CD, DVD, SACD player. Oh, and a radio tuner. Switch to TV-DVD mode, though, and the entire speaker section slides smoothly and silently downwards, revealing the HD-ready screen behind. As if this wasn't attractive enough, the L1 can also be bought in a variety of colours, and there's a selection of different patterns available for the speaker grille. Look out for the AV Forum's website in the coming days for more in-depth details on all the Sony stuff covered in this podcast. But for now, let's wrap up this section by saluting a fallen comrade, Sony's plasma technology. For yes, in a move that's frankly taken us all by surprise, Sony announced in Japan that it has no plans to make any more plasma TVs, leaving its current 50-inch model as its plasma swan song. Personally, we still feel that a good plasma TV has plenty to offer a serious home cinema fan. But hey, if no less a company than Sony reckons plasma isn't worth bothering with, who are we to argue? And now, it's over to Phil Hinton for the latest DVD news and reviews. The AV Forum. DVD news and review roundup with Phil Hinton. Thank you, Jason, and welcome along to our regular DVD news and reviews feature here on the AV Forum's podcast. In our review roundup this week, new spells with Harry Potter and predicting a new climate in The Weatherman. DVD News Universal Studios has announced that Peter Jackson's King Kong will land on Region 1 DVD as a two-disc set on the 28th of March. Although the extras and disc specifications are yet to be finalised, it looks like Jackson's latest blockbuster will follow the same release pattern as his Lord of the Rings trilogy discs. So, it might just be an idea to hold off if you can as a four-disc collector's edition will no doubt be on the way later this year. Entertainment and Video will release A History of Violence on UK Region 2 DVD on the 14th of March. The film follows the story of an ordinary family man hailed as a hero when he repels a robbery at his cafe. However, his newfound celebrity could just uncover a hidden past he never knew existed as a mob of gangsters take an interest in him. The disc will feature an anamorphic transfer and Dolby Digital Sound along with a host of extras including featurettes and a commentary track. And finally, Sony Pictures Home Entertainment has announced the release of Memoirs of a Geisha on two-disc Region 1 DVD from the 28th of March. The film is set against the changing social picture of Japan in the 20th century and is directed by Rob Marshall. The disc features an anamorphic transfer and Dolby Digital 5.1 sound and the extras look as extravagant as the film, with featurettes covering almost every facet of the production. This week's DVD Reviews You know what this means, don't you? He's back. Lord Voldemort has returned. This year, Hogwarts will play host to a legendary event. The Triwizard Tournament. 
during which time a single student gets to represent his or her school in a series of magical contests. Eternal glory awaits the student who wins the tournament. people tonight in the masks there's two aren't they his followers Harry Potter is back for his fourth adventure on Region 1 DVD the disc is released on the 7th of March but you can read our full review now on the forums thanks to sponsors axonmusic.com this time out Harry is in real danger as his arch nemesis closes in to destroy him as well as mysteriously being nominated to take part in the tri-school games, for the first time Harry has to think about the opposite sex as a big school dance arrives. A problem he fears he may never conquer. I was just wondering if maybe you wanted to go to the ball with me. Mr Weasley, place your right hand on my waist. Now I'm really depressed. Well, Hermione, we're a girl. We're well spotted. It's one thing for a bloke to show up alone, for a girl it's just sad. I won't be going alone because, believe it or not, someone's asked me, and I said yes. The two-disc special edition features an almost pristine 2.35 to 1 anamorphic transfer and an aggressive Dolby Digital 5.1 soundtrack. Disc 2 hosts an extensive array of special features, and this is a highly recommended release this month from AV Forums reviewer Damon Dove. Dark and difficult times lie ahead. Soon we must all face the choice between what is right and what is easy. End of story. Goodbye. The end. Any questions? This week's DVD Reviews. I have a plan. This wind system will keep pushing colder air across the Midwest. Our spritz nipper of the week, just 24. I don't like his face. I like him. He's handsome. My job's very easy. Two hours a day, basically reading prompts. Hey, weatherman! Every couple months, someone throws something at me. I receive a large reward for pretty much zero effort and contribution. The shakes and stuff are a reaction to that, I think. Why would someone throw a shake at you? You just read the weather. Nicholas Cage is back on DVD this month with the Region 1 edition of The Weatherman. Cage stars as Dave Spritz, a weather presenter on local TV in Chicago. He appears from the outside to have the dream. He's a celebrity, earns a six-figure salary, and he only does two hours' work a day. But Dave's life is anything but a success. Divorced from his wife, his teenage kids going off the rails, and his Pulitzer Prize-winning father has lost all interest in him. However, Dave has a plan to get everything back together again and heads out to try and land a national TV job with a million-dollar paycheck. Director Gore Verbinski explains Dave's situation in the extra features. You know, we start the movie with Dave trying to put his family back together. We also understand that he can't live up to his father, and his father has an illness. So I think that family aspect is just something that, that we all identify with. He sees in his father a great man and a great father, and he's trying to still be that. And I think that aspect of chasing something, of trying to search out perfection, and the fact that he is a weatherman, you know, who, in essence, takes something incredibly complex, which is the weather and pressure systems, and, you know, and, and in this movie, that's very much parallel to his own you know, emotional journey. I encourage Shelley to explore some other activities and interests. She picked archery. Ow! Don't forget the tartar sauce. Tartar sauce. Tartar sauce. Tartar sauce. Tartar sauce. Anything else? 
No. Where is the tartar sauce? I thought you were trying to improve matters. I am. Give me time to get it together. I can get it together. Well, that's great. Do you know that the harder thing to do and the right thing to do are usually the same thing? Let's go, Team Spritz! Easy doesn't enter into grown-up life. To get anything of value, you have to sacrifice. There's a lesson here. Let's finish. The Region 1 DVD features a 185 to 1 anamorphic transfer, Dolby Digital 5.1 sound and a good selection of extras. You can read Neil Wilson's full review on the forums. People don't throw things at me anymore. Maybe because I carry a bow around. Hey, hello, weatherman. It's not easy. But easy doesn't enter into grown-up life. Okay, let it go. Awesome. Coming soon. Your DVD resource. AVPlay.com. That rounds up our DVD news and reviews for this edition. And now it's time for the gaming news with Neil Garthouse. Thanks, Phil. February was a relatively quiet month for gamers everywhere, with only one or two major titles being released. For the PlayStation 2, we had Shadow of the Colossus, the second game by the studio who created the cult classic Ico. Here your quest is to restore the soul of a young girl, but to do so requires defeating 16 colossi. Now, you know as well as I do, this is not as easy as it sounds, and the challenges in working out how exactly to overcome each colossi, and then of course actually doing it. With exceptional graphics and challenging gameplay, this is quite an amazing game and one hopes it becomes a mainstream hit in comparison to ICO. Xbox and PlayStation 2 fans can now rejoice with Black, a new first-person shooter from the authors of the people's favourite Burnout games, Criterion Studios. Featuring an array of firepower as well as destructible environments, this game is graphically very impressive, and be warned, or be happy, it is very violent. The storyline, however, sadly takes second place to the visual spectacle on offer here, but shoot 'em up fans will still have plenty to keep them happy. Also coming up this month is Fight Night 3, which puts you firmly back in the square circle once again. Yes, boxing is the order of the day, so get your gum shields at the ready. Being released on the PlayStation 2, the Xbox and the Xbox 360, it features the total punch control system, as utilised in the previous two versions of the Fight Night game. But you can't have a new version of the game without having a new feature, and Fight Night 3 has its ESPN mode. Now, this is where you can take part in some of boxing's historical rivalries. Choose one of your legends such as Roy Jones Jr., Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, to name but a few, and relive their careers. Now you're probably aware the 360 demo has been available in the marketplace for quite a while now, and I recently had the opportunity to play the Xbox version, which I can tell you is certainly no slouch. While the visuals can compare, the speed is certainly faster than the 360 demo, and the career mode is much improved from Fight Night Round 2. This is definitely a classy title, and owners of either console should pick this up. Last month saw PC owners everywhere sadly deprived of any excitement. I am of course talking gaming, and get ready because all is not lost. On March 24th, Guild Wars Factions, the sequel to the hugely popular Guild Wars, will be available for a 40 hour free trial before its still unconfirmed release date sometime in April. 
With new PvP and PvE experiences, including the availability to create guild alliances, this should be very exciting news for fans everywhere. For more information on this, visit guildwars.com. Now, some of you PSP owners out there may be saddened to learn that UMD movie production is being cut back. The UMD movie, which currently only works in PlayStation Portables, has seen interest plummet since its original release. Even Sony themselves are scaling production back with sadly no new titles being named for the current quarter, and some rumours even suggest that Sony may try and revive the format with a home-based player. Now, you and I know that DVD is cheaper to produce and purchase, and of course it's a better format, so let's hope this isn't anything more than just a rumour. And finally this week, staying with Sony, it has all but been confirmed that their PlayStation 3 will miss its original release date. Due to the Blu-ray standards not being finalised, the new console, originally targeted for a May release, it now looks more likely to be October at the earliest. That's been this week's gaming news, and now it's back to Phil. Thank you, Neil, and that rounds up the software news and reviews for this edition. Remember to log in to the DVD and gaming forums for the latest news and reviews, and we'll be back very soon with more DVD news and reviews on the next podcast. Bye for now. The biggest news and DVD reviews every week. You're listening to the AV Forums Podcast. Hi, Geraint. Not seen you lately. No, I've been staying in. Oh? Yeah, it's Football Monday, Martial Arts Tuesday, bit of War Games on Wednesday, a film on Thursday, Good Night's Telly Friday, and I have to submit to a girly night on Saturday. Thought you said you'd been staying in. I have. That's all of my new six-foot big screen system. Projector, remote-controlled screen, great for TV, DVD, and my games console. They look great on a big screen. Want more from your home entertainment, then you need to log on to eSeller.co.uk. We have a stunning range of equipment, including plasma screens, projectors, mounts, screens, amps, and much more. Right now, we're offering a fantastic deal of an Epson TW10H projector, a ceiling mounting kit, and a huge 70-inch remote-controlled electric screen for an amazing £699. Yep, you heard, just 699 So log on to eSeller.co.uk today and snap up this outstanding deal and see our many other amazing prices. eSeller.co.uk, bringing the magic home. The highest definition. 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 This is the AV Forums podcast. Jason Bradbury. And now, our report from Sound and Vision, the Bristol Show 2006. The AV Forums show report. Bristol Sound and Vision 2006 saw the gathering of an industry in waiting. A meeting of manufacturers and punters treading water and biding their time until the arrival of high definition in the UK. Everyone was waiting for Sky's high-def demonstration in the lobby, which was drawing big crowds as soon as the doors opened, even though it was only displaying an error message. The excitement about high-def was palpable, as was the frustration that Sky maintained its silence over a confirmed launch date. Early 2006 remained the mantra. But high-def at Bristol wasn't limited to Sky. It was everywhere, and the buzz was all about 1080p, a format that won't even be supported by the broadcaster at the outset. Two projector manufacturers drew big crowds with their breathtaking demonstrations. Both Projection Design's Action Model 3 1080 and Sim 2's HT3000 were showing 1080p, and the assembled masses were blown away by the images they threw. Why wait for Sky HD when standard definition DVDs can be upscaled to 1080p via players such as Denon's DVD A1 XVA? It offers quality that isn't far off true high def and will certainly satisfy a populace that's still getting over the shock of how much better DVD is than VHS. With all the high def hubbub, there was obviously talk about the mediums needed to record it. 
and there was plenty of doom, gloom and a bit more doom about the impending format war between Blu-ray and HD DVD. The fear is that the outcome of this latest format war will be a victory for media servers, which were very much in evidence at the show and were used for all the major 1080p demonstrations. We all remember what happened when DVD Audio and SACD went head-to-head in a battle over high-resolution music. MP3 won. The fear is that Apple and Microsoft are licking their combined lips about these new markets ready for exploitation. Anyway, the star for us on this front was Entertainment PC's Fidelity series, which boasted a very friendly user interface and a 3-terabyte hard drive. This was just one factor that led us to conclude that traditional home cinema is dead. Shocking, yes, but bear with us a moment here. Perhaps the future doesn't lie in massive multi-channel receivers, which apart from Denon and Yamaha were thin on the ground, but in media servers and stylish, user-friendly systems, which don't take over your life and living room. And we're not talking about Chinese kit that costs a ton in Tesco, but high-end solutions such as the Lin Movie Classic and Name Envy, which offer high performance in a very attractive package. Also, while there was little in the way of virtual surround sound in evidence, the most striking new speaker system on display was the KEF 3000. Top-notch 5.1 sound in a neat and stylish package that costs a grand. It sounded amazing and would fit into a compact living space without the need to evict your kids to accommodate it. Another major theme was the re-emergence of hi-fi. Two-channel kits and mini-systems formed a large part of the offerings from the major AV player Denon. So, perhaps the company has seen the future and decided that multi-channel home entertainment was nothing more than a space-hogging blip. And the quicker it backtracks, the better. Denon were far from the only people thinking this, if the shift towards MP3 acceptability was anything to go by. Whereas all the talk was of high-definition images and high-resolution sound, iPod accessories were as common as DVD players. There were offerings for monitor audio, Onkyo and Denon, and in fact it was hard to find a style system or amplifier that didn't offer some kind of Apple appeal. And finally, thanks to all those who visited the AV Forum stand at the show. We'll be announcing the lucky winners of our Project Gotham Racing free tournaments and the prize draw on the website in the next few days. If you have any AV hardware issues which you'd like us to contact manufacturers about on your behalf, please email avdoctor at avforums.com. Contact the AV Forums podcast. Email podcast at avforums.com. And that just about brings the first AV Forums podcast to an end. If you have any comments, feature suggestions or news for our next podcast, please let us know in our feedback forum at www.avforums.com. This is Jason Bradbury saying thanks for listening. Stay subscribed and tell your friends. The AV Forums podcast was presented by Jason Bradbury and written by John Archer. The special report was written by Sean Marin. The DVD News and Reviews Roundup was written and presented by Phil Hinton with gaming news from Damon Dove. Original music by Andrew Bassett. The podcast was produced and mixed by Phil Hinton and the executive producer was Stuart Wright. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Forums podcast is copyright M2N Limited.